There's way more good happening in the world every single day, but why aren't they telling you? Get the good stuff at justinbarkley.com slash good news. Get the good news, stories, ideas, and updates that are sure to put a smile on your face. That's justinbarkley.com slash good news. Justinbarkley.com slash good news. Live from high atop Monroe Center in downtown Grand Rapids, we're talking about what matters most to you in West Michigan. Join the conversation now at 616-774-2424. That's 616-774-2424. It's West Michigan Live with Justin Barkley on Wood Radio. Hey, good morning, folks. Wow. Uh, The rain is coming down. On my way in, I saw animals starting to gather two by two. I don't know. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, yeah, we, we we could use it, right? The April showers, May flowers, and all those things. Okay, so we've got a lot to cover today, the least of which is the weather. But i got to tell you, we are jam-packed with a stacked show today. Some really good news for a lot of folks listening in, too. Uh, especially in these days and age where you could kind of feel like you know, you're a little overwhelmed. Hang in there for that. News, weather, and traffic stories of the day. We're talking about what matters most in West Michigan and beyond. This is the Big Three. Now today's Big Three. It's the stories that matter most. You'll want to hear these. Be sitting around the water cooler, the dinner table, the lake in your backyard. Even if you didn't previously have waterfront property, you may today. Uh, These will be the stories that you'll be talking about together. All powered by good friends at Heartland Home Mortgage. There's never been a better time to buy or refi. Put a little bit money, more money back into your wallet, especially as it's being drained as we speak with inflation, cost of everything through the roof nowadays. 616-974-9105, the number to call my good friend Dave Galloway. He'll tell you just five minutes whether he can save you thousands or not. And listen... Uh, He won't waste your time if he can't. He'll shoot you straight. That's probably the best part. 616-974-9105. Run line at hhmlending.com. We take a look at the stories. Deutsche Bank is the first major bank to forecast a U.S. recession. Beginning later next year, they say the Federal Reserve's fight against the rising inflation and its aggressive tightening of monetary policy will push the economy into a recession. Of course... Russia and Ukraine play a big role there. Energy and food, commodity prices spiking since the start of, well, what's happening over there. And, of course, we continue to see the pain at the pump, the pinch at the grocery store, everywhere in between. We'll keep an eye on it for you. Number two. In the meantime, the Oklahoma legislature yesterday, in really good news, passed a near-total ban on the murder of innocent children in the womb, making exceptions only in the case of medical emergencies. The bill would make it a felony, punishable by a maximum fine of $100,000 or a maximum 10 years in state prison, or both. Legislation passed by the state Republican-led House by a vote 70 to 14. The bill now leads or heads on over to Republican Governor Kevin Stitt's office, who previously promised he would sign that bill and every other that comes across his desk. Several state legislatures have recently advanced bills banning the killing of those innocent children. Last week, Arizona's Republican governor signing into law a ban on abortions after 15 weeks. The Biden administration planning to extend its pause on the student loan repayments. 
And yes, they'll do that through August 31st. Payment freeze been in place since the beginning of the pandemic. Set to expire on May 1st. But they were busy inside the White House yesterday. I don't know if you saw it. They welcomed him back into the White House. Well, for the first time, at least since we know. Obama made his triumphant return and the video and audio folks is absolutely priceless you aren't gonna want to miss this hang on let me grab some of that we'll get it ready for you before we do how about this audio another big reason to celebrate folks in west michigan yesterday congressman fred upton Many, uh, many would call him a rhino indeed, announcing his retirement. Even the best stories has a last chapter. This is it for me. I've done the zillions of airline miles back and forth. I've signed Fred to over a million letters, cast more votes than anyone in this chamber while here, and by most accounts have succeeded in making a difference, accomplishing what I've set out to do with more unfinished work still yet to come. Oh boy. Oh, that's the part. <laughs> that's the way to bet it. More work yet to come. Now it's time to play some golf, Fred. <clears throat> he says he's quitting. Stepping down yesterday, becoming the fourth Republican who supported Trump's impeachment to exit Congress. Leaving only six left. Two of the remaining six anti-Trumpers. Tom Rice, Liz Cheney, both facing tough re-election campaigns. And there's one more, by the way. I read this from Coffee and COVID this morning. One more that may have a tough time, a tough go as they say here in West Michigan, Peter Meyer, who is facing a challenger. Uh, John Gibbs, who could, in fact, make Peter Meyer a one-term congressman. Folks get a chance to meet John Gibbs. Very interesting, the comments, the things that I hear when, when people get a chance to meet him or see him speak, or he's even appeared on this show several times before. Very impressive Quite a lengthy resume, attending both um, Stanford and Harvard. He is a he was a missionary. He went on to serve, I think, in um, Silicon Valley, work in Silicon Valley for a while. And then he served in Trump's in the cabinet, actually in HUD under Dr. Ben Carson. Very promising, interesting, uh, and another interesting figure on that uh, on that front. So. Lots of interesting things happening um, <clears throat> throughout the world and some news that I thought you might want to hear. Okay, so now let's, let's get down to it. Why don't we? Some of the audio that's coming out and the video from yesterday's visit at the White House, Obama, back in. And uh, Biden there with him. The gaffes, some of them, I, you know, it's, it's, I watch some of this, and I think to myself, boy, I just really feel bad. Uh, if, if you ever had a, a, a relative or a fr family member or a friend who, who has, has struggled with some cognitive issues and things like that, especially in their later years in life, well, you, you probably will, will feel the same way when you watch some of this. Here's some of it from yesterday. Biden... One of the gaffes he mentioned, talking back, as of course they were celebrating the Affordable Care or Obamacare 
yesterday at the White House. This is what he had to say. The American Rescue Plan subsidies, uh, sub subsidizes that are lowering premiums, subsidies are lowering premiums and extending coverage. And uh, I got a little practice when you gave me that other act, or, you know, when we were president. When we were president. You were president. I was with you. Uh, yeah. So uh, gaff after gaff yesterday, at one point, Biden wandering around the White House looking lost like a stray puppy. Uh, again, you watch this, and it's it's kind of hard to watch. <clears throat> First of all, from the human aspect of, you know, you just don't want to see anybody in a situation or a shape like this. But then you add on top of the complication of the matter that this is the commander-in-chief. This is the president of the United States, the so-called leader of the free world. There he is, wandering around. kind of lost he's just sort of just in his own world lost at the white house and you look back and he sees obama back there nobody wants to talk to me everybody wants to talk to obama that's kind of like the look that you see him going through not only is he completely ignored in this next clip uh by obama but he actually reaches in almost like a little kid mommy 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 trying to get obama's Attention at one point. This is great. Watch. Because I watched this the first time. I didn't really exactly understand what's going on. But he's looking around. There's Kamala next to Obama. And they're shaking hands and talking to the folks there at the White House. Now he reaches up. This is the President of the United States reaching up, putting his hand on former President Obama. Obama just not even acknowledging that the hand is even back there. It's it's embarrassing. There was one point, in fact, where Obama is speaking uh, there at the White House, and Joe stops for a snack break. I don't know about you. We we uh, we all had the grandparents that liked a little hard candy. Uh, Joe Joe, I don't know if he's pulling out a Werther's original out of the pocket here or what exactly he's doing, but. One Obama, Obama, mid-sentence Joe pulling out a, uninsured a cough drop, maybe? I don't know. I don't know what he's got going on. It just doesn't seem like the appropriate time to do some of what he did there at the, uh, at the White House. Not to mention, let's not even get into the event itself and some of the things that were discussed yesterday. Obama at one point saying, Americans were wrong to worry. They were wrong to worry they would lose their health insurance under Obamacare. Well, were we wrong to worry about that, Obama? And because the majority of Americans did have health care, some people naturally worried that they'd lose what they had. Yeah, well, you, uh, you remember, if you like your health care plan, you can keep it. Kind of the lie of the year, 2013. It was an interesting day at the White House. But many would argue the man may be pulling the strings from behind the scene. Making his triumphant return there yesterday. Fascinating uh, footage. We'll go through some more of it coming up. Of course, you can join the program at any time. 616-774-2424. Grab your calls and more after this. 
Welcome in, folks. You can join the program at any time. Yeah, you can talk to us. We'd love to talk to you. Talk back. Sometimes it's hard to get through on the phone line, so we got a text message line set up for you. And you can get through to us, 616-201-3353. That's 616-201-3353 to jump on the phone line with us. Things are falling apart in uh, D.C. yesterday, in fact, and, you know, as Obama was at the White House. Reporters were asking this question of Jen Psaki, which I thought I found it kind of interesting to see her response to it. I don't know if you've been watching what's happening and following the latest on Hunter Biden and, of course, the investigation and what's happening with that, uh, the taxes and, of course, uh, the corruption that, uh, that, that may have taken place. We got a lot of evidence now that seems to be mounting up. Again, you know... This was all conspiracy theory just months ago. Jen Psaki asked whether or not she will, that Biden would support a special counsel to look in to Hunter Biden. You can imagine her response and the reaction as we circle back with Ms. Psaki. All right, here's the question. I think it's a doozy. Is it doozy again? Another topic. A lot of stories about Hunter Biden surfacing this week. So to ensure the independence of the investigation, would the president support the appointment of a special counsel? Well, first, the president has never had a conversation with the Department of Justice about any investigations into any member of his family. He said that during the campaign, uh-huh. and he will continue to abide by that. Yeah. So I'd point you to the Department of Justice for any additional steps they would take. They would make those decisions independently. Look at the head whip when she gets asked the question. Watch what happens. Watch the head go. Another topic. A lot of stories about Hunter Biden surfacing this week. So oh, he kind of closes her eyes. Yeah. as well. Miss Saki not impressed. Not impressed with Mr. Ducey. Not not at all. <laughs> oh, the walls are closing in around him. The walls are closing in. I got to get to a, an email that I got today, and I wanted to address it on the air, in fact. Because I thought it was a really good question. In fact, I get this from time to time about this particular issue, and I get, and I get some questions and Comments from folks. It really, um, I love to hear from you. So, uh, love to get your emails. Uh, Diana had a really good question. She said, I love listening to your show and I so appreciate your conservative views and opinions. But why do you refer to the COVID injections and boosters as a jab? This sounds as if you have no respect for it. But you say and imply you do. Just wondering. Well, here is the truth. Uh, And I want to give you the truth. In fact... I would I would think that that's what most folks appreciate about what we try to do here every every day. You're constantly getting bombarded with messages, narratives, things that uh, are far from the truth. So here's what I wrote back, and I want to tell you. You know, first I thought I you know I, I have to say thank you for listening. I wanted to let her know that, but. Uh, words mean quite a great deal. The Bible says uh, power of life and death are are, are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So words are are important. 
and I try to be as intentional as I can. When you hear me describe talking about this on the air, I call it many things. I call it a jab. I call it a shot. I call it the Fauci ouchie. I call it the hokey pokey, an injection. You name it. I've got a lot of different names for it. Why do I do that? Because it is, in fact, not a vaccine. It's not. I think that one of the biggest issues we have with the trust, American people, and specifically in our institutions, traditions, you know, obviously the CDC and the FDA, is they've been eroded, especially over the last couple of years, because we just didn't get the straight facts, the truth from these people. Tell us what it is. Say it is an experimental treatment. It's a treatment that we think will do uh, wonders for a lot of folks. Say what you will. But we have, been to- we have been told one thing after the other, and it turns out now when we get on the other side of this, a lot of those things just weren't true. It didn't meet the actual definition they had on their website of a vaccine. So they changed that. They literally went onto the website and changed that name. Now, I'm not saying people shouldn't get it. I'm not saying you should feel bad if you did get it. But I do believe that you ought to have the whole truth. Not leaving things out, not renaming things or calling things different names. We've been told over the last several years any number of different things. They've purposely lied to us. And that's why I'm very intentional. I've been very intentional since the beginning of this, calling it what it is. And in fact, in my opinion, now I'm no scientist. I don't have Fauci's white lab coat, but I do have enough brain cells to put together, you know, one and one equals two. It's, it's pure logic in my mind. This is a failed experimental treatment. First, they told us it wouldn't spread if you got this thing. Oh, then they told us what? You know, okay, well, maybe it, okay, maybe it will spread, but you still got to do it, you know, just to help other people. Everyone's got to get it. And then they told us, <clears throat> on top of that, if we didn't, we weren't patriotic. Eventually, they landed on, well, if you get it, you, you chances are you may not go to the hospital and, and you may not die. And now the data we have coming out of the U.K., Israel, and some of these other countries, in fact, it turns out many of the people who are hospitalized and are dying are people who have been poked. Now, I'm not saying they're going because of that, but it is, it is something that we need to look at. That may, in fact, be the case. I'll leave that up to the doctors. The problem we've got here is that we don't let doctors be doctors anymore. All of these things are being handed down. All of these proclamations are being handed down from upon high. And you're constantly being told what to think. Your doctor's being told how to treat you. That's a problem. In fact, words are important. And that's why I call it a jab a shot, a Fauci-ouchie, amongst other things. It's because I respect you and every single other person who listens to this program enough to tell you the truth. And not everybody else will. But I really wouldn't want to be here if I couldn't tell you the truth. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. More of it. We're loaded up today, folks. The truth. If you can handle it, we'll continue after this.
And a jam-packed show. Another one today. Uh, we got lots to talk about. We'll get to more coming up in the after show, which happens. The behind-the-scenes live stream. Stream it with us. Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Rumble, Getter now. We are all over. And I'd love for you to be there with us as we stream behind the scenes here. The after show coming up about uh, 10 today. News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Of course, love to have you here. Welcome into the uh, program now with us. Uh, she is running for governor here in Michigan. In fact, something interesting happened over the weekend that I thought uh, she might want to share about. In uh, President Trump here in uh, Michigan Saturday night. And, of course, if you watch the rally like a lot of folks did on TV, you got to see he brought a couple of folks up on stage, you know, talking about people specifically by name. And, and here's one individual that he named by name. The only one, is, as a matter of fact, when it comes to uh, folks who are running for governor here in the state, he had some nice things to say about her. And, and why well, I got to, you know, I'm fascinated by this. Uh, Tudor Dixon joining us right now. Tudor, I appreciate you being here with us today. How are you? Hello, Michigan. It's great to be with you. Former president. Yeah, I, I don't want to play that over the top of you, but what a, what a, what a wild weekend it was, huh? <laughs> yes, very exciting. Quite an honor to have the president mention me at the rally. It was unexpected, but we did meet beforehand, so we had a, a few minutes to sit and talk about where the race is, what we're doing, he asked about my family again. He He's always so, so thoughtful about those things. And I think that's something that a lot of people who haven't sat down and talked to him maybe don't understand about him. He remembers things that are going on in your life and he asks about them. And then I was very honored to have him come out and mention me. What is it that he's saying? I don't know, behind the scenes, I just have to ask. And you may, may not want to share it all, but... I mean, he he's obviously has to be impressed with you to 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 mention you and you as the only. There were other candidates that were there. W what is it that he's saying behind the scenes, or maybe that you 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 pick up your opinion? What is it that 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 impresses him so much with with, with you? You know, I, I think that it's the tra trajectory that we're taking with the campaign. He knows that my concern is for Michigan families. And I think that if you look back through his presidency and even his campaign in 2020 and 2016, it really comes boils down to preserving the American dream. And he, I, I believe that he understands that I feel strongly about bringing the American dream back to Michigan, making sure that we have top-notch education, a strong workforce, and business coming back to this state. And we agree on that. You know, uh, a lot of those things, I think, are... Um you know, the things that are top of mind for a lot of folks, families specifically, parents. I know this has become, um, and not just something that he's very interested in, but the average uh, parent very interested in. I know you, you've taken a very strong stance when it comes to uh, the rights of parents here in, in Michigan. There are other folks, Ron DeSantis has taken a very strong stance there, as well as the governor of Florida. In in fact, a lot many people would argue that uh that the governor in uh, Yonkin in Virginia won that campaign because of his stance um, for parents and their rights. Yeah, we need to stand up for parents even in a different way here in Michigan because we've had this once in a lifetime or once in a generation education crisis 
to a bigger extreme than most states because our kids have been in some cases out of school for a year and a half and then dragged back out of school. So if you look at what's happening in Michigan right now, the literacy exam just came out for our third graders. More than 50% of our third graders failed their literacy exam. Now, let me take you back to the pandemic. These kids were out of school at crucial moments in their life. And Gretchen Whitmer was given a bill to sign that would offer them $1,000 reading scholarships for these kids, $155 million going toward making sure we didn't have third graders failing our literacy exam. She vetoed that like she vetoed most bills because she has vetoed more bills than any governor in the past 50 years. So she vetoed the future for our children. And now we are seeing those results of the decisions that Gretchen Whitmer made. Those children, more than 50% failed and they are four months behind or more. This is a this is a catastrophic number because if you haven't read by third grade, we know third grade is that point where you go from learning to read to reading to learn. That's why it's so crucial that we take care of Michigan families. But you, I, I heard you talking about some of these radical things that are going on in our schools. That's another thing we have to fight back against in Michigan. We're seeing it more and more. You have that 21-day equity challenge out of Farmington. We have a, a book on the West there. Side that is not only pornographic, but talking about rape and glorifying statutory rape. These are things that are in our schools that we have to find and we have to make sure they're not in our schools and that parents are aware. And that's why we've presented the Parents' Right to Know Act. We want parents to be able to go to the school website and see what's happening in their child's classroom. And the thought that this is a radical idea that a parent would be able to see the class syllabus, what books are in the the classroom library, in the school library, what trainings they're bringing into the classroom. If if people think that's radical, well, I, I think that that's how we end up going back into Lansing come fall and making sure that we can protect parents and students. It's very popular for parents to know what's going on in their their child's classroom. Let's face it, we are the best people to know. I have four daughters, Justin. For me, I look at this and I think, I can't imagine some a politician believing that they know what's better for my child than I do, but that's where we are right now. Yeah, you know, as a a father of a She's uh, actually 16 months old today <laughs> as a father of a little oh, girl. Yeah. Congratulations. We, uh, you know, it's something that I thank you. We, 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 um, we had a, such a tough road with her. She was, she was born three months early, spent a lot of time. In fact, we were 77 days in the hospital altogether. Uh, and when she finally came out, you know, the, the, uh, we were so thankful for the work of the, 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 the folks there at Helen DeVos Children's Hospital, but also, um, you know the the miracle, the the blessing um, with our with our little girl that that we know God God had His hand on her the whole way through. So I take it very seriously, and I just think most parents do, but take it very seriously to uh, to know that you know, okay there there are going to be threats along the way. As a parent, you have to do your best to protect your kids from that. And we see uh, we see kids, particularly uh, young women right now, girls under attack. Whether it be um, you know in the schools, um, in in athletic competitions, in so many different ways, um, we we just see what's going on, and and um, it's a it's a it's a lot to to be concerned with, I think, for a lot of parents. And we're talking, I think, when you see folks on the left, particularly uh, Governor Whitmer and 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 some of these other folks who are just so radical, they've gone so far left um, that. It, it it would appear that our position here is extreme. Yet I, I think this is, 
a very simple uh, position held by the majority, no matter what we those people feel about taxes or any other different things. This is something I think that resonates with all parents. Yes, actually, this is something that parents across the board, and, and I think this is where we see some of those people that are independents and even Democrats saying, I can no longer agree with this, having men swim with women. And I come from an industry that is a mostly male industry. I come from the steel industry. And I, I always say to these guys that I talk to, they say to me, wow, how are we going to stand up against this? We've kind of lost ground in this culture war because now we're coming to the party late and saying, well, we don't believe in this. Look, it's the first time in my life that I can say to these guys, you know what? I'm able to be a little bit stronger than you in this area because as a woman and a mother of four daughters, I can stand up against this with Gretchen Whitmer very strongly. And she has to defend the idea of having men swim with our women, men in our in our girls' sports. And we can hold her to that, stand up and say, are you really saying that we should have boys in the girls' bathroom, boys in the girls' locker room? Because we're looking at the swimming event right now, and we have a biological male changing in the girls' locker room with our females. No mother or father, I would I assume, Justin, you feel the same. You do not want a male in the locker room with your daughter. No. This is a, an opportunity for us to take this back and say, okay, we are now awakened to what's going on, and we are not going to let this happen to our little, our little girls anymore. So I, I've got to ask you a lot of different questions and things coming up in the chats, and I, I, you know, we'll have you back and continue to ask these questions, but... Um, some folks uh, have different questions about where you stand on certain issues, and, and let me ask you uh, one of them, uh, Second Amendment. Someone wants to know where you stand on that, and of course, um, I think that probably relates to what we're talking about now, protecting your family, et cetera. Yes, absolutely. I st stand strongly with the Second Amendment. Our Second Amendment shall not be infringed. I often talk about where our where our rights are right now, and you see what's happening with Twitter with our our. First Amendment with free speech, if you look at that, we've had that taken away and we've had government be able to go in and kind of unforeseen to us had big government take over private business and then ultimately taking away our rights. So we see that with property rights. We see that with the First Amendment. We're strong with our Second Amendment because it is mostly small businesses that own our gun stores and we will protect all of our, our rights, but strongly on the Second Amendment. Absolutely. Uh, lots of folks are going to have more questions, and I think as time goes on, you know, people are going to ask. And, and Tudor, I've got to ask you, uh, by the way, she's running for governor. I ought to mention here in uh, in Michigan, Tudor Dixon, if you'd like to find out more, you go to TudorDixon.com. But, um, you know, as we get closer to uh, making these decisions, um, you know, I, I have had everybody on. I'd like to have uh, everyone on. I've really been impressed with the number of people that are standing up and getting engaged in the process, whether they're running for governor or school board. Uh, I just like to see this happening. I think folks are waking up, and I, I think that's a great thing for all of us. But one of the questions that we're going to start to see, and I think uh, get down that road with, is uh, how do you set yourself apart from, from other candidates? And there might be really some fine choices uh, in this race. Uh, Tudor, how do you set yourself apart here? Yeah, I think I have a, a more diverse background than the majority of the candidates out there. If you look at my background, I come from the steel manufacturing industry, from steel foundry and steel forging. So I understand our heavy manufacturing, but also automotive manufacturing. And I'm not sure if 
people are aware of the danger to manufacturing in the state of Michigan right now. And manufacturing kind of uh, transitions over to other industries as well. And I think that's why we received the endorsement from the Associated Builders and Contractors, because they know I understand what it is to be a working person in the state of Michigan. But also as a mother of four, I'm walking alongside these parents that are watching these horrors happen in our schools, whether it is that our schools are majorly behind other schools. We used to be the top 10 in the nation. Now we're in the bottom 12. And, and this is catastrophic for the, the future of the state, but also protecting our, our sons and daughters against some of these radical teachings. I feel that my background in communication also gives me the best edge on being able to communicate our points and communicate against Gretchen Whitmer, who is not a good leader, but she is a phenomenal politician. And she has to be met with someone who is able to go up against her in a positive way and able to communicate our points the best way possible. Tudor Dixon is running for governor here in Michigan. TudorDixon.com if you want to find out more. You can jump online and, and of course, uh, reach out. And, and, Tudor, I appreciate you coming on and always having the opportunity to talk about these things uh, with folks. And, and, and uh, obviously, uh, this weekend, a big weekend for you is uh, another uh, Trump rally. Trump uh, gives you a big plug, a big mention, uh, and we'll, we'll continue to watch that down the road. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with you. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Tudor Dixon, folks. Always fun to have those conversations and to see people in, engaging. I think at every single level of uh, the conversation is so important right now. Nothing changes unless some of the things we're doing change. I've been making that point. And it's not just voting. We've got to get engaged at every single level, folks. Coming up, we got a Rotor Report and more. Jam packed in the after show after this. Hang on. The Money Minute with Garrett. Hey, welcome back, folks. It's News Radio with 1300 and 106.9 FM. We are jam packed at another after show. A run report with boosters. Yeah, we're completely and fully boosted today at our Rona Report. It is uh, it's something else. I don't know if you saw the latest. Yeah. The, late, the latest from the FDA. Should I, should I dig into just a little bit early? A Rona Report from the high priest to health. Mr. Booster. St. Anthony of Wuhan. Ah, the latest. Did you see this little nugget? I'm sure this hasn't gotten a lot of traction. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky announces sweeping review of her agency. Oh, you don't say. A sweeping review of that agency. And what will they find? When they investigate themselves. <laughs> can you imagine? Yes, we're here to investigate ourselves. And you can absolutely trust us. Some bad news for the boosters. The New York Times running an article yesterday headlined, COVID news, Israeli study says second booster protects against Omicron infection, but wanes fast. So how fast does the protection wane? The Times said the booster's effectiveness against infection in particular wanes after just four weeks and almost disappears after eight weeks. So what is that? Booster a month? I'm part of the booster a month club. 
every 30 days. And again, to my point earlier, the question about why we call these things the jab, the hokey pokey, the Fauci ouchie, it's because that's exactly how a normal vaccine works, isn't it? The New York Times reported the findings published yesterday in the New England Journal of Medicine suggest additional boosters are likely to provide fleeting protection against Omicron infections in older recipients. And it's Omicron today, but what is it tomorrow? Do you remember when they came out and said, you know, the great thing about these mRNA is that we can, we can sequence this new variants when they come out and we can take them and plug them in and everybody can have boosters when they need them and all that. And it, and it just doesn't seem to have been the case because we would have heard about them by now, wouldn't we? Here's the quote. For confirmed infection, a fourth dose appeared to provide only short-term protection and modest absolute benefit. The research is confirmed in the study. A modest absolute benefit, modest and fleeting. Monday, uh, or rather the FDA's vaccine advisory panel meets today to debate whether a fourth booster will be recommended or something. Apparently boosters aren't flying off the shelves for some reason. In an article about today's meeting, the New York Times observed that the booster campaign has stalled with about half of eligible U.S. adults still not boosted as of Monday, according to the CDC. Hmm. Weird. I wonder why. The Times guesses, though, a cherry-picked expert that removal of the PSYOPs tools like mandatory masks, social distancing, and emergency messaging is to blame, according to Coffee and COVID here that I'm reading from. Maybe, but the Times also overlooked the hypodermic elephant in the treatment room, which was even suggested by its other article that boosters don't work. How about that reason? Anyone, anyone concerned or question that? Oh, crickets. Crickets from the folks there at the CDC. In worse news for boosters, Republicans in Congress say they will not approve another aid package that would be used to pay doctors to give out the jabs unless the White House finds a way to pay for it. No more printing money, in other words. So there you have it. Now the booster programs are drying up. And it's not just here in the U.S. British media ran an article headline yesterday, COVID booster, more than 8 million people reject offer of vaccine despite record infection rate. It's bizarre. Why are people rejecting the safe and effective jabs? Part of the Rona Report. We'll dig in more during the after show. We're jam-packed coming up. You can listen behind the screens. Live stream happening on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Get her all over. Just look for me at Mr. Justin Barkley. Of course, we podcast that wherever you get your podcasts. I prefer the iHeartRadio app. Just a small town. All right. Make it a great day, folks. Back tomorrow morning at 9.06, God willing. We'll see you then. Stay dry. God bless. That's it for today. Join me online at justinbarclay.com or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok at Mr. Justin Barclay. Leave a comment, give us a rating, and follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of West Michigan Live with Justin Barclay was produced and engineered by Joe Balecki. I'm Justin Barclay, and this is West Michigan Live. Make it a great day.